Bonjour tout le monde and bienvenue to our podcast Formulas and One Jackass. Uh, we're excited to be back with you. And I'm Ryan, your host with the most, and joining me is... I'm Christopher, and uh, yeah, uh, we just had a really exciting race in France, uh, and can't wait to talk about it. So let's jump right into it, and let's jump right into the front end, because undeniably that's what we have to discuss about, that's what's on top of everyone's mind. So, again, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, the championship fight goes on. And we've sp- spoken about the, the French Grand Prix at Polica before, where the previous two years it came back on the calendar, uh, um, 2018, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, which were snooze fests, simply yeah. because those years the Mercedes car was on, and it was just a simple Mercedes victory with nothing happening in the field. So anyways, 2021 came along. We're back in France, and boy, what a race that was. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, I, I was predicting that Mercedes would be strong on this track because it seems to be a very, you know, Mercedes-dominant track, but Max was just on it the whole weekend. Uh, and unfortunately, I couldn't watch the race live, and I missed much of uh, practice and qualifying, so I don't have as much insight, if any, uh, <laughs> as Ryan, maybe. But uh, yeah, uh, watched the race, like, uh, a day after, and was surprised to see that um, Max made a mistake into turn one uh, and that Lewis could keep on to the fight uh, or to the lead because after having uh, read up on what happened in practice and qualifying, I expected Max to just, you know, steamroll. But that's what makes this uh, race so exciting. Like, both of them were so on it. Um, Max had the upper hand, but no one could afford to make a a little mistake. Uh, That would mean everything. And in this case... Mercedes opted to go on a one-stop strategy, um, the opposite of what happened in Barcelona, basically. And uh, yeah, I think that was a good call. And Perez managing to stay and making his strategy work as well. I think it really showed how the Red Bull team is probably the strongest lineup now um, of all the teams uh, with how Perez just can play a part in the in the championship. Yeah, for sure. I think this race was... Um, unexpected, but a pleasant surprise. Um, you, Christopher, I think about the whole world said, you know, once Mercedes come back to the sort of traditional tracks, and Barricard is a very traditional track. They use it for testing all the time simply because of the corner combinations. They could make a thousand and one um, layout. Uh, mm-hmm. um, what is it? Combinations. Variations, uh, yeah. Variations. Um, so it's very arrow heavy as mm-hmm. well you need a good function aerodynamic car uh, there are long straights as well so it's, yeah. a, it's a good mix between the two that's why it's such a test uh, for the car and it's a good testing place so everyone said once we get back to traditional tracks mercedes is then going to be competitive again and come friday free practice that's sort of what we saw especially when we saw everyone going out on the the medium tires um we've seen the pace of the mercedes on the medium tires um track temperature was was higher uh, as well so come friday it's pretty much you know what you would expect then overnight red bull decided that they're pretty happy with the balance of the car um aerodynamically so they could afford to use uh, a, a skinnier wing you know um 
And we saw uh, FP3, you know, on the Saturday morning where Max topped that once again uh, quite significantly. So all the um, so how the car was set up was that on the Friday they saw with the with their wider wing that um, they set it up in order to especially the last sector is is, yeah. is critical. Yeah. So, so basically. Yeah, they had like the the low downforce rear wing, so a narrow angle on it, and which makes the rear more twitchy, of course. But I think Red Bull car um, works it really well, and in this case, it used to be Mercedes' strength to just you know be able to dart uh, off in the distance on the straights. But uh, Red Bull played uh, or tried to defend against Mercedes' advantage maybe uh, by going for uh, the low rear, um, low downforce rear wing setup, and uh, it seemed to work because once you then overtake someone, it's hard to for the guy behind to keep up and for instance in the third sector after the straight you come into a really quick uh, right-hander and in dirty air there you can't go full throttle uh, especially on worn tires so uh, yeah uh, I think that was really smart as well um, maybe a little bit risky but uh, yeah well I think the, the the combination of, of the Red Bull chassis the uh, low downforce rear wing plus the Honda powertrain, it just matched up this weekend. Yeah. Because the... And Verstappen's driving the, style. I'd yeah, the Honda well. engine was 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 on uh, this weekend. Yeah. Um, more tellingly, not necessarily the battle at the front, you know, the, the Red Bull versus the, the Mercedes. But interestingly, the, um, the Alfa Tauri and the McLaren. So yeah. both the Red Bull and... Uh, uh, no, both the Honda mm-hmm. and the Mercedes engine. And even though the Merc had DRS managing to overtake uh one of the alpha tires it was struggling to it only happened in the braking zone because once they were flat out the honda just looked better yeah i mean it it, it really looked like that so uh yeah um it's funny how it's their last year in f1 and they possibly have one of the strongest engine packages so uh, yeah really interesting that um i was surprised to see ferrari just fall off a cliff so dramatically though that was really not what i expected i I knew they wouldn't have maybe the greatest pace and everyone's talking about um, mclaren being able to uh outrace them in the race but uh yeah they dropped i don't think they got any points or no no points this weekend wow so uh carlos Sainz uh qualifying fifth finished p11 uh charles leclerc qualifying seventh finishing p16 wow yeah so well well out yeah. But uh, let's let's go back to the front. So Max Verstappen, uh, what a fantastic drive, um, pole position, mm-hmm. um, faultless apart from one incident right at the start. Interestingly, in the pre-show on Sky Sports, uh, Nico Rosberg mentioned that there was a tailwind, um, yeah, forty kilometers yeah. or such. Uh, and interestingly, that's exactly what I think would happen. He just got caught out first car yeah. through there uh managing to make turn one not managing to make turn two i yeah, think exactly not getting a penalty because of the angle he went in uh safely rejoined the track as well so yeah. luckily I penalties think i think i think the stewards this race were very fair and very good they've gotten some flack yeah uh, over the last couple of races yeah. but they let racing be racing they weren't necessarily clamping down to the letter of the law they yeah put a true, human racing side to it you yeah. know which 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 makes more sense but anyways apart from that turn one um kerfuffle that uh 
uh, Verstappen hacked, not turn two, kafafa actually, uh, mm-hmm. right at the race start. Drove a brilliant race after that. Yeah. I think uh, you definitely did see um, in sector three, particularly the Merck being able to maintain their gap to the Red yeah. Bull. They were just set up very well in that. Uh, the undercut was massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it really uh, was. Like, and it, ca- it became so obvious uh, once it happened. But it was just strange that uh, Mercedes weren't really reacting to it. Yeah. And then uh, we mentioned in Barcelona, in the Parcos at Barcelona, that Mercedes pulled off a Red Bull move for yeah. taking the taking the extra stop. But Verstappen pulled off a Hamilton move this weekend, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, we sort of had the same sort of scenario Bahrain for stopping being on new tires mm. in Bahrain um, Lewis Hamilton just being master of extracting what is left of the tire which he still yeah. did at uh, mm. this race you know we still saw him putting in 137 lap times on uh, all ass tires yeah. but um, it just wasn't enough did it just the whole package aero engine it, it worked for Red Bull so best strategy I would say um, best driving yeah. from uh, from not just one car but both cars the as well. The whole team, yeah, they just worked. It was perfectly. a team effort. Yeah. So I think the result as well is telling how Max Verstappen looks so much more composed and complete mm, as a driver. Sure. And one, and how close is it in the championship now? It's like both of them have three victories each. Yeah. And um, Max has I was six saying podiums. Just one one telltale of yeah. of. The sort of the the completeness of Max Verstappen as a driver is that last race, of course, we saw him uh, DNF his tire mm-hmm. blew in a leading position. He missed twenty five points. He missed the chance to extend his championship lead in last race. But afterwards, we saw his teammate win the race, and he was down there celebrating with the team. Uh, giving normal interviews, of course, expressing his frustrations at that mm-hmm. tire blue, but he was still doing his duties, no questions asked. Whereas, yeah. I don't think Max Verstappen of 2018 um, would have been down there yeah, celebrating the podium. Not. I think he'll be too bothered about missing the victory and missing the chance to extend the lead. He'd, he'd be hot-headed in his interviews. And, yeah. and just his whole approach to everything is very championship or like he is ready for a championship now yeah know? but it's also because i think perez has that mindset that it, it has to be a team game so verstappen can be more relaxed and he knows that and he's appreciating that and like perez and the team radio you know um saying uh go 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 push now you know uh, let's go get them and they both did and then they went over and congratulated each other after the race like they work for this together you know and it really seems like that it's not like a rivalry between them uh, for the championship. It is a supporting role, and I think Perez has chances for victories and podiums, and he's happy with that for now. So uh, it works out perfectly. Well, now you do get the feeling that uh, with Red Bull, with with Perez being at his level now, that should anything happen for the front two guys, Perez is there to pick up the pieces. So yeah, exactly. getting that race win, where yeah, like Baku um, was a perfect example of that. Yeah. So I think we're unlike, rather, if Betas maintains this level that he's able to do, we're unlikely to see victories of um, um, Pierre Gasly last year, for example. So that yeah. those fluke victories, well, mm-hmm. he himself, uh, Sergio Perez, got a fluke victory last 
last year. True, but, but if yeah. he operates at this level, I think we're unlikely to see that happening because he's there to pick up the pieces. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Uh, although I do hope for a McLaren victory or maybe a Ferrari victory somewhere. A fluke I've, victory I've is always interesting. I've got some serious money on, uh, on uh, Mick Schumacher or not. What? Put some serious money down for uh, Mick Schumacher uh, fluke victory. This year? Yeah, why not? You know. Yeah, that I don't. I no. I'd rather <laughs> just buy a pint for those for that money. Then that's a uh, better spend. Fair enough. I wouldn't put it let's, down for Mick. Let's but, talk uh, about young Mick then. Okay. Yeah. So he Mick did a Schumacher in qualifying. Yeah, cost a red flag. Uh, yep, but um, fairly so. Um, he was qualified in fifteenth position, so he he made Q two already mm-hmm. in uh, Q3 and just to sort of cement his place in Q2 he brought up the red flag yeah. which you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree yeah. it was clumsy but it was effective we spoke about this before bring out the red flag there's no repercussions there's no consequences exactly. for the drivers doing that so all power to him you know he used the rules to his advantage it you was an intentional so? you think it so? was an intentional but mm. I mean I don't know I didn't see qualifying so so at the end of the Still. day, we can say a Haas qualified in Q2. Yeah. This year's Haas qualified in Q2, yeah. which is a massive achievement on its own. I mean, uh, we see uh, another amazing achievement is um, George Russell uh, qualifying for Q2 every race this yeah. year already. Yeah, it's uh, a given now. Whereas, yeah, it's a given. So driving that Williams into Q2, and yeah. I think... Getting that Haas into Q2 is more of a feat, you know? For it's, sure it is, for sure it is, if it wasn't merit, because with the Williams car is clearly faster, um, and like every other car is faster than the Haas car this year. So them getting into Q2, Q2, something must have happened. I don't think like it's really that much of a driver that it can, they, can, they can do much about it, to be honest. I mean, lap time, lap time was competitive. Yeah. That time was competitive, so... For Mick Schumacher in the race, yeah. I mean, he got behind Mazepin at one point and then um, climbed his way up again and overtook and finished ahead of him. So, yeah, uh, I just think it's so hard to, to really judge what's going on with that car, you know, when, when they're so far back. It's like the Williams car of a couple of years ago. That's basically where they are, so... Yeah, but then, interestingly, when you look at his approach, so... I've been impressed with Mick Schumacher the last couple of races. Mm. You know, just yeah, his, same, his, same. his race craft, unfortunately, uh, as always with, with Formula One coverage, we don't really get to see the battles until afterwards. And usually yeah. you would have to see the moments on, on social media clips, uh, specifically looking at their cameras to know what they're up uh, or what they did actually during the race. But yes, he's, he's, he's having his offs, uh, which is natural for a young driver truly trying to find the limit of of their car and of their abilities. So yeah, yeah, of course. you're bound to have crashes along with uh, uh, good performances. Like yeah. it's forgiven I mean, those crashes. To drive. It's, it's like the switchy. the crashes are more forgivable if you manage to pull out performances as well. Yes, that's you true. know if you have a lot of crashes and no performances, then yeah, that's not that's not exactly. what any Formula One team wants to see. Exactly, but but Williams again this. The, this race said that they had one of the best races ever. And unfortunately, Russell didn't score any points uh, simply because 
there was no retirements, I think. Had there been a couple of retirements, uh, Russell would have been there and gotten uh, Williams points. Um, unfortunately, not the case, but it looked really good. Um, so really glad to see that. But Russell, again, in the starts, um, he gets overtaken uh, quite a lot uh, in the first or second lap until he kind of gets into a rhythm and then he fights back. And I think I think I, uh, I saw somewhere it has to do with him not being able to warm up the tires really that well on the formation lap. Um, so maybe that's something they should look into um, because there is a lot to be gained for them on the first and second lap, perhaps if they can keep go up and stay there and then start building a gap to the cars behind them, you know, because they are quicker. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Williams, Simon Roberts, mm -hmm. principal, recently departed uh, Williams. Just uh, Capito coming in, CEO, also taking over the team principal job. Bringing in his own people, which of course is fair. It's his right to do. Yeah. So he's setting Williams up uh, for for the future. I'm I'm very interested in the future of Williams. Yeah, same. Coming into next they year. They could do a McLaren, and, hopefully. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's, I think, you know, coming back to George Russell, it wouldn't be a punishment to stay at Williams mm, for next year. Possibly. You not. know, I think it yeah. is not... The, the Williams uh, of when he joined were yeah. just completely at the back, no chances whatsoever. I think there are more optimistic things than that's true than pessimistic. But you know, I still hope that he does get promoted into another seat because I think it's it's about time. Um, but the Williams do need to have a good driver. They can't go back to their old habit of having two bad drivers because that's what kind of brought them into a kind of a, a bad spiral as well, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, they've been really lucky and fortunate with Russell. And, uh, yeah, they should maybe look to for a more stable future in that sense as well with the driver lineup. Who else caught your eye in the race? Uh, let me think. Gasly, uh, qualifying as well. Like, absolutely amazing. Um, I don't really remember where he finished up in the race. Um, Seventh. So yeah. qualified sixth and it's seventh. Really good effort, I think, um, considering where Tsunoda is, because Tsunoda is, hasn't improved at all, maybe, since the first race. That's his best result. So, um, yeah. Uh, he scored some decent points last race. He did, he did, and yeah. But that was also final needed. And then in, in this race in qualifying, he uh, crashed out, broke the gearbox, started from the pit lane, um, had a decent recovery race, but, yeah. Uh, when you see where G Gasly puts the car every weekend, you know. Uh, I think maybe Tsunoda should have stayed a year more in Formula 2. Maybe, yeah, I think it could have been a little bit too quick. Um, I have a sense of it being the same with Gasly and Albon, you know, the same is happening with, uh, with Yuki, so. Well, this is still the the, the Minardi team, you know, the, the Toro Rosso team, the development yeah. team, as it were. So I'd much rather see uh, youngsters be put in that seat as opposed to, um, you know, do I get excited about Daniel Kvyat? Uh, no, no, no. For another maybe season, maybe Albon, you know? Albon and Gasly would have been Fair. a good lineup this year, right? That's uh, that's probably what I I would have done if I if I was the team principal. But uh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Driver that caught my eye this weekend, um, I think the same too. Uh, mm -hmm. Fernando Alonso, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Um, Alonso the whole weekend. Uh, really being there, you know, yeah. uh, outracing his teammate, qualifying in ninth, mm -hmm. finishing in eighth. Yeah. So he 
we saw in the beginning phase of the race where everyone was just struggling with their tires. Um, the track was green because there was rain, and then um, Formula Three with their rain tires just scrubbed all the rubber away. Yeah, yeah. So. The wind was also a factor, so everyone was struggling within those opening laps. Betas especially, we saw mm-hmm. definitely drop back. But uh, Fernando being the first one to make his pit stop, which was early compared mm-hmm. to the rest, but everyone ended up stopping earlier than intended. Yeah. And then on those tires, you saw him make progress. You saw him have battles. You saw mm-hmm. him. I think he was really enjoying himself. He was uh, managing he was to, you know, be racing with yeah. the McLaren, with Alfa Tauri, with Ferrari and such. And yeah. I suppose that's um, he knew coming back this year he wouldn't be winning races. Perhaps optimistically picking up a podium here and there, which still is a possibility I in, think in it crazy is, yeah. races. But especially this sort of midfield battle which he didn't have in the mclaren uh at all mm-hmm. um being able to compete which yeah. uh at the highest level of motorsports that's why he came back and that's what he's enjoying yeah so really good driving him. yeah you can still see him learning more and more each weekend like he's so experienced he takes on a lot really quick uh even though last car he drove wasn't maybe not that diff- different than this but I'd say there's still quite a big of a difference compared to the other drivers that have been racing for this this generation of cars for longer. And uh, yeah, it's exciting to see the champion take up this and uh, really improve. And Vettel as well. Um, I think him being on some alternate strategies uh, in this car to maximize the points they can get for Aston Martin is a situation we haven't really seen before when he's been at Ferrari, where he has to be the one, he has to be have the mindset of being the leading uh, strategy, right? And... It's interesting to see Seb uh, kind of have that mindset and, uh, and fight through the field. And I think yeah. that's that's also something that he realized himself at the first couple mm-hmm. of races that he just he can't happy. he can't go and outrace everybody. You know, yeah. especially not with his car and its limitations, because mm-hmm. the um, the, uh, the problems of the Aston Martin car this year are well known. We've discussed it. Everyone's discussed yeah. it. So that's been put to a side. He's know how to extract the performance out of the car using alternate uh, alternate strategies mm-hmm. and he himself also you know took that of course he's a four-time world champion so he has yeah. that experience and intelligence but knowing when to apply that exactly yeah. or for you know towards the end of the race be where they you know they expect to be mm-hmm. but don't really belong simply because of car performance yeah you know so yeah so exactly but tire it's, conservation it's exactly as well. exactly doing the the exact opposite of what ferrari is doing yeah actually you know that's very true so it's they've aston martin have sort of accepted that okay q3 is not a given but mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world we're still yeah. going to at the end of a sunday be in in strategy and in play to pick up the pieces if something happened at the Absolutely. front whereas ferrari is pretty much all out on the saturday Good qualifying Let's get position some headlines, easy, cheap headlines, so we can make Italians happy. And then in the race, who fucking cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. At least they I can mean the, the 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 Saturday edition of the Gazzotta della Sport is yeah, exactly. fantastic, and then the Monday morning edition is hell. Yeah. Or is it the other way? The Sunday morning edition is good, and the Monday morning. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, newspapers, you know. Yeah. But this race, pleasant surprise. For sure, I think for, sure. for the strategic 
exciting even with no retirement it wasn't like a snooze fest there was always something to to look out for i think i mean there's obviously more exciting races when something dramatic happens or rain for instance and there's a crazy winner at the end of the race uh but those are like you know you can't ever expect these kind of races but this race where it's all about the strategy and who can outsmart who and the tires lasted um there were smart plays in there and how to manage that and i think that's the best we can ask for uh with this type of car and how f1 is now uh this sort of race and it was good yeah um the championship fight continues max verstappen yeah. 12 point yeah. lead now into the there's only one podium difference between them and verstappen has six podiums this year and hamilton has five and they yeah. both have three three wins so uh, red bull so leading close. the constructors championship by 37 points and yeah. can you imagine that's six points away from a mm-hmm. one two finish advantage yeah. already wow. which that is i mean of course there's two cars at every grand prix yeah. um you know the the best result uh of a one two is 46 points mm-hmm. 37 points advance it's quite significant yeah uh, absolutely at this stage of the championship already it is of course, we've had DNFs. They, have, they, are, the, they are the better team. Like uh, yeah, at this point yeah. uh, of the season, they are the better team. They are they are leading not just the championship, but you know they they have the best car. Um, they're taking getting the most out of the races consistently now. And uh, like yeah, one thing, it's very exciting. One thing I want to sort of discuss is man versus machine. Mm-hmm. So, if we look at Mercedes, uh, this race, so they. They stuck to a one-stop strategy because in their computer models, it was the faster strategy. Um, Valtteri Bottas apparently said even before the race, this is a two-stop strategy. And no one could have predicted the high tire degradation uh, at the beginning phase, Mm -hmm. Um, the track conditions, the wind factors and such. So all the drivers were complaining about the tires. Of course, Lewis Hamilton was complaining about his tires, but he always complains about his tires. Um, But... The drivers quite, you know, definitely during the race knew that this couldn't last. You know, to be competitive, to have the speed, it couldn't last. A lot of them two-stopping. Valtteri Bottas, even before the Grand Prix started, said this is a two-stop race. Yeah. Two-stop race. But Mercedes hung on hung on to their, to their predictive models. You know, they yeah. used the computers and the machine. So it's just like, is that, you know... Is that truly Formula One? Whereas a couple of years ago, I would say 15, 20 years ago, especially during the 90s, it's all the driver's feedback saying, I'm going to come in, I'm going to change tires. Uh, his tires Strategy are shot. wasn't that big of a thing, you know, it wasn't such set in stone. It was more, you know, the drivers could say what to do and uh, had more say in it. And I think this, like, I don't think the teams always appreciate how much the drivers think about strategy during the race. Like I can, not that I'm, you know, not that I would say I know either, but I know if you're playing a racing game or whatever, you're always constantly thinking about strategy, you know, uh, when to, when to pit, when to stop, how that's, how the car is feeling. That's how you drive fast. So I'd say in a case like this, where it became quite obvious early on uh, that um, the car, uh, the tires were struggling to hold on, they should have asked the drivers for their feedback and maybe mm-hmm. been able to quickly change the strategy because that's exactly what Red Bull did, and that's what won them the race. And Bottas is is, is a very good driver on, on his tires, um, not maybe in F1, but he has a good understanding of how it feels, you know. He gives good feedback. So, it, yeah, he really doesn't seem to be in a good spot in the team at the moment. Like, it's sad to, to see, you know, he's um, 
yeah, but then into the it's background like, slowly. Um, are we too data dependent? That you know they they trust their computer models more, even though there are more variables that perhaps weren't in. Yeah, no, but they should. I, I think I, they should trust their data models and uh, computers because they are way accurate in most things and basically everything. No, but it's, um, I'll give you an example. Yeah. For example, they build a car and the drivers say it's not right, and they say, well, from the data it shows you're just doing it wrong. Try this, try that. The yeah. driver says it's not right. Then a season after, they say, oh, yeah, we had correlation problems in the wind tunnel. Um, our data was not accurate. So yeah. the driver was right all, the, like, yeah, all along. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, so why, that's, that's a good example of why they should listen to the drivers. Because if the driver says, um, I'm slow, I can't drive it like that. And they say the data works. Then perfect. There you have your problem. They can understand there's a data correlation problem. Have you said, uh, like you said, try this, try that. If that doesn't work, then obviously the data is wrong. They need to uh, clean up the data because the driver is the person at the end that gets to judge to be the judge of that. And I think the team should, uh, yeah, understand that. But then I would then juxtapose that to Fernando Alonso. Yeah. If Fernando Alonso tells you the car is not right, yeah, are you really going to come with the story of oh, what the data says this, this, and that, or or any? You know, engineer would say, no, well, well, that's if, what I mean. If, that's what I mean. If they Fernando should listen says to... this, we should probably listen to Fernando because yeah, that guy exactly. actually well, that's knows what they shit. should do. That's yeah. what they should do. Of course. Look at good, what good taste drivers can do as well, you know, for, for teams. Um, so, like uh, you were talking about uh, Olivia Panis's uh, interview in um, Beyond the Grid, right? He talks about the importance of uh, test drivers and listen to the feedback. And that's exactly what they do with test drivers in the race. Often they might not listen to the drivers, but uh, in a test session, that's all they want to hear. They want to know what the drivers are saying, and then you can build a good car. Yeah. Speaking of hopefully future test tracks and only test tracks, mm-hmm. let's go to Yas Maria. Let's go oh, to yes. where the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is held. Yeah. Traditionally, you know, glitz, glamour, snooze fest. Yes. The the the. The last layout. race of the season, the yeah. last race of the season, which in a championship fight, you always wanted to go down to the wire. Yeah. Previously, like we grew up with Brazil as the final race, mm-hmm. which was a fantastic venue to have the yeah. final race because Brazil could be crazy. You know, you can overtake, you have, yeah. you have, you know, it's, it's high up. So the air is thinner. So engine yeah. performance doesn't matter that much. You need yeah. good aero balance. You need to have balls. There's torrential thunderstorms there's mm-hmm. walls mm-hmm. there's everything that you need to have ingredients to have an epic race yeah. and if that is the final race of the season where the championship is still live and the championship is decided in that race yeah you'd much rather want it to be in brazil than in fucking abu dhabi where i agree. regular tickets. i agree i i wish that would be a, a thing it would just always be in brazil but it is in yeah. abu dhabi it is, and it is. the track money is more important it's a bit boring uh but i will say they they are going to make two changes to the track so basically uh in the first sector at the end of the first sector or is it sector two um the hairpin before the first straight um they're going to yeah make that a direct hairpin instead of going into a chicane and then into chicane a hairpin. first and then into a hairpin yeah and they were talking about doing this earlier but they couldn't do it because there is actually a track that goes next to that section because there's not enough runoff so they've just moved it a little bit uh further inwards um and i think that's that's gonna be, that's a great idea it's definitely gonna give more overtakes it's gonna be a high speed section 
uh, into a heartbreaking zone. Uh, and then the second part is at the very end of the track, we're coming into sector three, um, at the end of the straight at the back. Um, there used to be a left, right, left, and then into a left corner, which was a very clumsy, uh, but it was very satisfying to get right, I must admit. Um, but you couldn't really drive side by side there. There was just one line through that whole section. Although we've seen some crazy action there, it, um, it compromises you a lot. So they're going to make this a long sweeping left-hander. Um, that I'm not too sure how it's going to be, um, but I'm super excited to see they actually did something about the track. I did not expect that. So um, yeah, very hopeful to see. If this uh, gives a bit more exciting races, then I think uh, we should give Yasmaira uh, another chance, but uh, we'll see for now. Yeah, I think, you know, why couldn't they make this change a decade ago? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we've been there that long. Like in yeah. my mind... Uh, I'd say we've been there I'm long sure enough to take it mind. off the calendar, um, almost, you know, but... Um, yeah, but I then mean, we have three races in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have three races in the Middle East. Like yeah. Bahrain, I'm happy-ish with. Um, yeah. and Except when it's the one. first race of the season. Yeah, I Bahrain don't like that. is not no. the first race of the season no. track. Second, third, sure, but not the first. Exactly. Yeah, Melbourne has a special vibe, man. Maybe I'm just an old fart and I want things how they always are, but like season start in Melbourne and season end in Brazil, that's just, I don't know, I, I, I think that fits. What do you think? Yeah, it, it fits. It doesn't even have to be Brazil. Like I'm fine with uh, Austin perhaps, you know, also a great track. Just a, a track yeah. where there's where there's more of a driver inputs track. You know, yeah. um, and what I'm talking about is, is for example, like Monaco, where it is such a short track, and there are no high speed corners, there are no long straights. Mm -hmm. It is simply, it doesn't really matter the car's performance. Like the car performance sort of evened out simply mm -hmm. because of the nature of the challenge, where drivers with a lot of skill tend to perform better at tracks like this. True. So if it is a championship fight, it goes down to the wire. I'd much prefer to end on a track where driver input is more yeah, absolutely. than car performance. Absolutely. So I would say like the a Suzuka, for example, fantastic Yeah, but challenge. that wouldn't be a great venue for... I, I think that... I'm glad it's not at Suzuka because the race at Suzuka is sometimes not as exciting because there's not that many good overtaking spots, to be honest. And I'm okay with that. It's a great track. Uh, it should be on the calendar, but maybe not at the, as the last. That's my opinion. Imagine a Schumacher Hakkinen title fight that had gone down at Brazil instead of Suzuka. I think that could have actually been more exciting. You know what I'm saying? Perhaps. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, speculation, up up. speculation. That's all we do here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we still have a lot of races before Abu Dhabi. Yeah. We are going to are we going to Styria first or are yes. we going to Austria first? Styria. Yeah. Styria. A spoiler Styria alert, Mark. they're the same place. Yep, same it's track. the same place. Yeah, Canada was off, um, so they're going to Austria twice again, uh, which I don't mind. We had that last year, and I think, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Uh, we saw Lando do well last year, McLaren do well there, um, so I suspect... No, but interestingly as well is that uh, both last year uh, we had two races in Austria and two races in uh, Silverstone, didn't True. we? Yeah. And both races were completely different. Yeah, exactly. And that That's just goes I mean. to show the 
the the, the variables the conditions yeah. of this weekend and mm -hmm. the following weekend are completely different so it's not yeah. like you learn um, a lot from the first weekend you do something different you you know come up with different strategies uh, it's interesting but also weather perhaps you know one exactly. one could be wind bloody hot and the well. other could be yeah. raining as hell which is True. the beautiful thing about european summers you know yeah, you never absolutely. know what you're going to get yeah actually but it's plenty, true though so but um, plenty to look forward to yeah i i think i have a feeling ghastly will do well next race um i have a feeling red bull will do well as well um Mercedes, perhaps not so much. Who knows? Um, it does seem like uh, it will be a track that suits the Red Bull more. Ferrari, I think, will be stronger this uh, um, in Austria than they were in uh, in France. Um, but yeah, McLaren, I think they could be a little bit of a dark horse. Who knows? Fair enough. So uh, no support races uh, this or coming Grand Prix. Oh. We had Formula Three uh, yeah. last race. Yeah. Which is exciting. So if you haven't watched that, uh, catch mm -hmm. up on it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're going to Styria. Yeah. Steiermark. 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 And uh, when that happens, we'll be back. Yeah. And keep washing those hands. Keep washing those hands. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>